You know, it says in the book of Psalms to take a psalm, and then Psalm 68, verse 8 says, Bless our God, you people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard. It says in Psalms 107, verse 8, verse 15, verse 21, and verse 31, this same scripture says it all those times. Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his wonderful works, for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Now, how many can say God has been good to me today? I want us to just right now give the Lord the biggest praise and make the sound of his voice to be heard in the sanctuary. Come on, saints of God, let's bless him. Clap your hands, all your people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. There's none like him in the heaven above or the earth beneath. Blessed be the wonderful name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I've noticed that the last three preachers, including me, have been from Texas. The Reaver, Robert, and now Robinson. I think you're going to have another R next week. But I was thinking about that, and I believe the Lord said, Danny, the reason I have three preachers from Texas come into Grand Rapids is so that we can absorb everything God is doing in this place, take it back to Texas, and step up our game a whole lot more. I tell you what, this is a wonderful church, and I am so glad to be here once again. The most important person in your life is the person who unlocks faith, speaks to your vision, empowers you for your assignment, and brings you closer to God in your relationship, not just with what they say, but with how they live. And I want to say that your pastors, Sam and Brenda, have been that kind of godly example and influence to this church and to every one of us. And there is not a couple I respect and esteem more highly than your pastors, who you appropriately honored just a couple weeks ago. And, I, and, and when God wants to bless you and highly favor you, when God wants to show his love to you, I want you to know God will bring the precious gift of a pastor. And that's what he did in Pastor Sam and Brenda. I learned a long time ago that the anointing you respect and honor is the same anointing that will grow in your life. You'll never change the direction of your life until you change who you're listening to. And when I heard Pastor Sam just a few weeks ago, I came on YouTube and listened it. And when I heard him say just a few weeks ago, the fight is already fixed and the race is rigged and we have already won. And to hear that kind of voice, knowing the season that they have been walking in, I want that kind of voice speaking in, into my life. I want to say it again. You can't change where you're going until you change who you're listening to. Pastor Sam has been my closest friend for probably 40 years, 
and I'm amazed at the grace of God that is covering him and Brenda at this time. I was supposed to be here on the day of their anniversary, and I know Sam and Brenda are watching today, and I just want to say publicly, I want to say congratulations, and I want to say happy 16th year anniversary to Sam and Brenda Rivekogel for being the pastors of this great church. Sam, I just want to say to you, thank you for your leadership of this church and for loving the people like you do. Thank you for bringing North Point Bible College. Thank you for wanting to raise up young generation to be world shakers and history makers. Thank you for your stewardship, even in this uh, recession and the debt of the church was paid off. And thank you for the renovations that you have made to the Life Center and the children's area debt-free. Thank you for the vision and thank you for the foresight to bring City Serve that is going to answer the physical needs and the prayers of so many in this city and show them the love of Jesus. Thank you for being a church that makes a difference, that has an impact and asserts a godly influence and brings about change in this world. We have uh, seen the warfare. We have seen the tears that Sam and Brenda have walked through. We have seen the highs and the lows. We have seen the peaks and the valleys that they have walked through this past year and the last few months. But we have also seen the testimony of their faith that is in a God whose compassions fail not and his mercies are new every morning. And together with his church and with them, we want to say great is his faithfulness. Come on, say it again. Great is his faithfulness. I want to say thank you, Sam and Brenda, for being real, for being authentic, for sharing your journey. Thank you for showing us that there is purpose even in the midst of pain, that it's not just where we're going, but it's what we become in the process of life. Thank you for asking questions and, and letting us know that asking questions of why is okay and that it doesn't nullify our faith. Thank you for showing us how to trust God even when we can't trace what is going on in life. Thank you for showing us that it's not just uh, the situation that is around us, but it's a God who is on the inside of us. Thank you for showing us how to give godly meaning to difficult challenges in our life that sometimes when the pain hurts the most, we know that God's voice is louder than the sound of many waters and that he's still speaking clearly and concisely. Thank you, Sam, for showing us that even in grief, there is a God who is good and his mercies are everlasting. And we know that the same God who has helped us and helped Sam and Brenda this far is the same God who is with them right now. And it's the same God whose grace is sufficient. And it's the same God who's going to carry them forward to see even new anointing, a greater measure, a greater harvest of souls in the kingdom of God. I believe this upcoming year is going to be an embarrassment to the devil. I believe God is doing great and mighty things. Grand Rapids, let me say this to you this morning. I want to thank you so much for loving, praying, standing, and taking good, such good care of your pastor, Sam and Brenda, during this time. I'm a pastor, as 
Uh, Pastor Tim just mentioned for 38 years, and it means so much. It means everything when a church stands behind their pastor and when they love them and pray for them and stand with them. And I just want you to know this, but Sam and I talk quite a bit, and he brags on you and his staff so very much. Sam and Brenda love you dearly. They care for you. They pray for you. And he thanks God for you, especially during this time. I want to say thank you to Drew also. I just got to meet him in the last few years. And I want to thank the worship team for being such a good friend to Sarah and the co-labor together as they lead, have led this church in worship. I want to say thank you to Meredith and Jamie and Taylor and Daniel, wherever you might be sitting here. But I want to say thank you so much and others who were with Sarah every step of the way and became her closest friend. I think it was Meredith who said to me, someone told me that whatever we did for her was nothing compared to the impact that she had on us. But more than you will ever know, that was a supernatural God connection for Sarah during this time, that, that time that she was here. You know, if you've ever seen real faith, I just want you to know you've seen it in your pastors, Sam and Brenda. We have seen in the last few months that this faith that we have is not a faith that is some sentimental, dreamy, nostalgic emotion. It doesn't just come and go with the passing of circumstances, but this faith that we have is a real substance down in the very core of our being and in the deepest pain and in the greatest trials that you could ever walk through. This faith, there comes up out of our core a praise in the midnight hour that says, Lord, there is none like you in the heaven above or the earth beneath. We have inherited a living faith that has not been diluted. It has not been diminished with the passing of time, nor has it decreased in any way because of the nature and the force of circumstances. But God has placed in us a faith that is real in the midnight hour, and it carries us through every valley. It carries us through every situation and crisis, and it answers the voices of doubt, fear, negativity, and deception with a thunderous voice that if God be for me, then who can be against me? Come on, if you believe it, say a big amen. I'm going to get my armor bearer to bring me that water right there, if you would. Come on, give him one more praise and a shout out hallelujah. Thank you so much. I was listening last March to a song that came on my Instagram from Wind and Embers, and you definitely heard it here. And of course, knowing who it was, I clicked it on and I listened. And for the next seven minutes, I believe that I instantly connected with God. And it was one of the most purest worship moments that I will always cherish. And the song was Waymaker. And it says... And I just want to say, I never heard it sung with such anointing and power as when I heard Wind and Embers sing it. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in my darkness, that is who you are. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. 
You never stop. You never stop working. And my title this morning is simply this. God never stops working. Now, I'm an audience participation preacher, so if I say something good, give me a big amen and a shout of hallelujah. I'm so glad today that we are not restricted to live our lives only in the natural realm. We're not confined to just live our life under the influence of just what we can see and what we hear and what we feel around us. But the Holy Spirit of God comes to unveil the invisible realm and to reveal spiritual realities and a higher vision and a new perspective that even in the most challenging times of our life and even in the darkest night of our life, even with what we go through in the valleys, we have a God who never stops working, ordering, moving, directing, and causing all things to work together for good to them that love God and who are called according to his purpose. Sam said, Pastor Sam said a few weeks ago that we don't interpret our temporal experiences as eternal realities, but we take the eternal reality of God's word and we bring it into the temporary experience of our pain and we find out what really God had from the beginning. One of the greatest truths we will ever find and know in the word of God is that the place of your greatest battle will turn around with God and be the place of your greatest victory. God never stops working in our life. And just because we may not understand one season of our life, I want to tell you something. We never give up on God because God never stops working. My first point, just real quickly, is that God is at work all around me. In 1 Corinthians 12, 6, there's a scripture, it says, and there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works. And if we just stopped right there and... And we stopped, we could shout and say, well, God works, thank God. But the word works is the word energeo, and it means to be presently active at all times, to put forth power, to perform, to cause, to make possible, and be effective. And you know, the Greek lexicon for the word all is simple, but it means every kind, every one, always, in all things, and in every respect. So if we said, the activities of God, that God works in all, we could stop and say, God is working. Thank you, Jesus. God works in all. Amen. But he didn't say that. He said, God works all in all, which is the totality of the sum of all things. So in the context of that scripture, God is not just working in all his gifts through all the people present in the services as 1 Corinthians 12 is talking about. But how many of you know when you get up from your chair and you leave the building and you get in your car and you go to your home and you go to your job, how many of you know God is still working all in all? How many of you know when you go to that situation that's negative and you go back to that situation where you're still having to go through a dark valley, how many of you know God wasn't just working when you were in church, but how many of you know God never stops working? 
How many of you know that he's still working in, in when you're dealing with your children at home and they're acting crazy? How many of you know you can just lift up your hands and say, I know a God, he is my God, and he hadn't stopped working. I may not see it, I may not feel it, but I want you to know he's a God who still is at work. You see, God has endless, endless streams of divine flow and favor that is working on your behalf even right now. Golden connections that God brought into your life and that person supported you through a storm. Or you supported someone and you say, why did God move me from here? Why did God move me to there? I wanna tell you something, God has a way of putting people together causing divine connections. Those divine connections are endless streams of how God's flow and favor are working in and through people's lives. God works while you're listening to a sermon, while you are meditating the word, while you're in a worship song, while you're walking with someone on their journey, while the gifts of the Spirit are being manifest. God works while you just are moving and all of a sudden, there is, as Hebrews 10, 35 said, a knowing in yourself. And it's quiet. It wasn't dramatic. It wasn't heavens opened and angel choir saying It was just a knowing in yourself. Or maybe a thought that God dropped in your heart, as Paul said in, in Acts, that we thought it good to be left at Athens alone an endless stream, and that thought was just as much from God as when there was a thunderous prophecy at church, but it was one of God's endless streams of how he works. Or as James said, it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us. How many just ever had a thought or a knowing or just something seemed right? I wanna tell you, don't dismiss those off. Those are just as much the Holy Spirit working, speaking, showing favor, loving you, embracing you as much as anything else because God never stops working. Hallelujah. Eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But then the next verse in 1 Corinthians 2.10 says, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. God has endless streams. He knows how to awaken purpose. God will bring purpose to the front and center of your life and empower you and dethroning every negative influence that has tried to invalidate and nullify what God is doing in your life. And he will bring you through and then he will flow in you to touch others, amen. And that same grace that covered your life will cover their life. Everybody just say, God never stops working. I want you to say it this with me in light of this scripture. Everyone say, at all times, in all places, in every circumstance, in all seasons, and in every way. God never stops working. Amen. Give the Lord one more hand of praise and a shout of hallelujah for that. You know, my wife had a, and I mentioned this the last time I was here a couple years ago, but my wife grew up and had a struggle most of all her early life and the teenage years. And she lived with a father who was an alcoholic and he was abusive in every kind of way, mostly, physically, every way you can imagine. And she lived that way. 
You know, and sometimes we go through things in life and we look at seasons of our life that doesn't make any sense. It seems like it has no substantive value or merit, it, it, much less how is any good going to come out of this whatsoever. But how many of you know God is a God who can bring beauty out of ashes and the oil of joy out of mourning and can give us a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness? One of the endless streams for my wife was a school friend who invited her from church to go to Six Flags there in Texas and said, we'll pay your way. They were poverty. They had no money. So Beverly decided to go. She had never darkened the door of a church ever, but she had so much fun with the youth group and, and the kids there at Bethel from Bethel Assembly of God in Cleburne, Texas, that she decided to go to the youth group. She went to the youth group. She gave her heart to God. And God began to do a work in her of restoration, of bringing beauty out of ashes. Age 16, she's saved. Never darkened the door of a church, but now she's born again by the Spirit of God. And God begins to work in her. At age 18, she goes to Bible college down at Sagu. Age 19, she meets a young preacher who wasn't too, isn't too bad looking, good, pretty good looking guy. We're married at 21, and she's a pastor's wife now. We, we married at 21, and also at the same year, we started pastoring our church. And at 21, she's now a pastor's wife. Can I just tell you this? For the last 38 years, she has now been pouring into other women who have had abuses in their life and terrible situations. And they come and say, what about this time in my life? Amen. What about this time in my life? It seems like, why did I, what is, what was that about? And my wife can step up to the plate and say, hey, I know a God who never stops working. No matter what you've gone through, no matter how low it seems, no matter how, how there seems like no merit to it whatsoever, God can come and redeem that part of your life and restore the years that have been eaten and taken away. And when you give your life to God, he can come in and he never stops working and turn it around, amen, and cause all things to work together for good to them that love God. You don't come out of just what you went through empty-handed with God, but you come out with more than before you went through it. You come out stronger, fortified, established, and mature, and yielded to God and pouring back into the lives of other people. Isaiah 45 said, God said, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will... Open up, I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut and sunder the bars of iron. I will give you treasures out of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, which calls you by name, I am the God of Israel. How many of you know for the child of God, there is no part of your life and no situation that is ever wasted? A tear is never wasted. A sorrow, a pain, a trial, an adversity is never wasted. But God said, even in the darkness, I have treasures for you. And it's not just when you get past the darkness. How many of you know God has treasures while you're even in the dark time of life? And he has, he has, he, I love, and I love that one part. He has secret uh, riches in, in those secret places, those places no one else knows about, those places that is moments of 
faith and deep worship and hurt and pain and anxiety. How many of you know, even in those times, God has hidden riches that he will give you in those moments. And afterward, he knows how to redeem that and turn it around and bring glory to his name. My second point here is God is at work in me. Philippians 2.13 said, for God works in us. Now, I love this because it's inner jail, not just once again in the way it's constructed in the Greek, not an occasional work, not a periodic, not random, not subject to just when the circumstances are good or bad. But how many of you know God is always at work in our life? It's a specific continual work of God in every sphere of life that you could ever go through. Say it with me. God is at work. And then it says both to will. Now, how many has ever been through a trial or a test that you just really didn't feel like getting up and putting one more foot in front of you? You've been through it and it's like, what is this I'm facing? I have, the, I have no energy. I, have, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to make it another step. Someone told me just the other day, I would have absolutely quit and spiraled out of control with what I went through, except for the fact that I need God too much. And where's that going to take me? Because I know how much I need God. <laughs> you know, God is at work both to will. He knows how to keep your, the fire burning on the inside of you. How many of you know we're like, we're like the energizer? We might take a licking, but how many of you know we're going to keep on ticking? There's some things you're going to go through in this life that you in, the, in your own strength will not have the natural strength to make it. You will not have what it takes in and of yourself to go another step. But how many of you know God is at work? Both to will. How many of you know his grace is sufficient and his strength is made perfect in our weakness? And when we cannot take another step, suddenly God comes on the inside and he's working mightily in our hearts. And somehow, David said, I would have fainted except I believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Come on, church. How many of you believe God is at work? Both to will and to do, to take you from one stage of life to the next stage of life. First Thessalonians 2.13, I've got four scriptures. I'm going to give them rapid fire. He says, for this reason, I thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of man, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively, everybody say effectively. It's the same word, energeo, works in you that believe. How many of you believe God's word is at work in your life right now, presently active at all times to cause to make possible? See, your life might be a mess, but when you yield it over to God and to this word, I want to tell you something. This word goes to work and is working on your behalf. Now, we know that pain is inevitable, but growth is optional, don't we? The test, trial, challenges, valleys, pain in itself does not bring spiritual development or character or maturity. Otherwise, every one of us would be super spiritual and developed and mature because all of us go through adversity. But how many of you understand, it's not just what you go through, it's what you grow through. It's about plugging in and saying, I need God in my life. I need the current and the electricity is always flowing in this building, but we got to turn on the switch, don't we? We, we've got the, the work of the 
Christian is not our own effort, but it's to believe on him whom God has sent. Come on, I'm preaching real good for just a... The work of God is that we believe. And I just want you to know something this morning. You're going to go through challenges anyway in life. Because how many of you know in this world you're going to have tribulation. But you can be of good cheer. Jesus said, I have overcome. And since you're going through trials anyway, you might as well believe the word of God that is effectively working in your life right now, right here, today. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living right now. It is alive. It is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. And I just want you to know the only reason I am 62 years old, had to think for a minute, been serving God over 50 years of my life. I grew up a missionary kid, a pastor's kid. So I got saved at a young age. But I want you to know when I look back over my life and I think about serving God, I don't have, it's not because of my credit or my strength or my own will alone, but it's because God sent the Holy Spirit alongside of me to help me place the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. And I found out greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. And the reason I stand before you today is nothing about me. It is everything about him because he always continually keeps on working and he never stops working. I believe some of you are about to leave your old self behind as you once knew it. I believe some of you are fixing a step into a new experience and a new anointing and a fresh measure of God's outpouring on your life as you have never known it before. Hallelujah. Colossians 1:29. to this end, I labor striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. Enter jail once again. See, my labor is not to try to get the victory. I'm already in the victory in our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm contending for what is already mine in Jesus Christ. And I'm not focused on my effort to try to make something happen. I'm not focused on the circumstances that may look like defeat or anything but victory. You know what I'm focused on? I'm focused on his working which is working in me mightily right now. Ephesians 3.10, you know this one unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could able ever ask or think according to the that inner jail. Can I just tell you, God's power is not dormant. It is not inoperative. It is not just passive. God's power is working, it's performing, it's moving, it's executing, it's releasing all that needs to happen for God to answer the desires of your heart and bring your purpose to the forefront of your life. God is opening up avenues of impartation and input into your life so that a fresh wind of heaven will blow across your spirit and your heart and your emotions and your life. God's spirit is moving to open up your eyes that you don't just see the natural, that you don't just see what is, but you see a God who is high and lifted up and his glory fills the temple. He is making you aware of his leading, of his direction with endless streams of flow and, and favor and his direction. And he's giving witness in your hearts today. I believe that God is at work mightily in your life. 
Genesis 1, 2, I was reading this in my devotion, but it said the spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. First one is it was chaotic. Darkness was on the face of the deep, but the spirit of God hovered. And it means to cover completely from one place to another. In other words, there is no darkness or chaos that you will ever go through that the spirit of God is not covering the entirety of your life. Come on, somebody. It may seem like nothing is happening and it may seem like you're tempted to think there's no activity of God anywhere. I don't see nothing but chaos, pastor. You don't know what I've been going through. You don't know what I have been facing, but I want to tell you something. God's got you covered from one end to the other. There was a lady that it was in my church in 1995. I got a letter in the mail with a $5 bill. The next week I got a letter in the mail and it was $7. The next week I got a letter in the mail and it was like another $4 and then a $10. And I thought, who is sending this to the church? And I searched out and I found an address. I went down 287 out of Kennedale over into South Fort Worth and I found a old dilapidated warehouse and I went and drove the car roundabout and there was a uh, just a broken down trailer house. And I went and knocked on the door and just a few knocks and the door opened just barely and the sun hit her eyes. She was a uh, older lady, but the, she, she had been wrecked by drugs and alcoholism and, and just a life that was uh, an absolute mess for years and years and years. And I said, oh, hi, I'm Pastor Danny. Are you the one that's been sending? Uh, the, she goes, she goes, I have. She says, I didn't know what to do. I just felt like I was supposed to send some money to that particular church. I said, do you go to church? She said, no, I've never, never really gone to church much or ever in my life. And I said, are you okay? Cause she, I said, can I pray with you? She said, yes. And so she stood there in the door and I stood outside and I said, Lord, touch her. And I said, why don't you come to church? And she said, okay, can I come to your church? She said, I don't really have much to, I said, you come as you are. I said, Jesus loves you so much. And I said, he's got you covered. And this woman came to church in 1996. She gave her heart to God. I want you to know God restored her life. God healed her mind. God delivered her from addiction and alcohol and drugs. And I want you to know she got, she had two sons that were young from, uh, from, from the life that she lived. Those two boys gave their heart to God. To this day, they are serving God. Deanna Cross stayed in our church for 20 years. So they moved off to Arkansas, but for 20 years, she was our secretary. She's full of the Holy Ghost. She loves God with all of her heart. God brought a good man into her life. You know what? I think of her spirit, her soul, her body, every part of her life. God had her covered in the midst of the chaos and the darkness. And I want to tell somebody in this room, God loves you. God has you covered from one end of your life to the other. And there's nothing God cannot redeem when you give him your life. My last point real quickly is that God is at work breaking through for you. Hebrew, Micah 2.13, the breaker, everybody say the breaker, is come up before them. They have broken up and have passed through the gate and are gone out by them and their king shall pass before them, the Lord of, of the head of them. The phrase come up, I love this. It means it's a verb, which means that God is in this present moment 
working, moving. He's arising, making himself known. The breaker is come up. I want to say it again. The breaker is come up before them, which means God is revealing who he is to you in your present situation right now. He is right in front of you. He has come up before you. There's not going to be any denying it. You're going to know this is the Lord's doing. Isn't it marvelous in our eyes? The breaker, why does it say breaker? The, word, the breaker is one who breaks in pieces with a sudden and violent action. One who breaks through all the limitations and hindrances and confinements. The fact that God is called a breaker means that there's some kind of limitation. Something doesn't want to move. Something doesn't want to change in your life. But how many of you know, with man it might be impossible, but with God. And I want to tell somebody in this room, the breaker is coming up before you today. And he is letting you know he is God all by himself. And he's got you covered in all times, in all places, in all situations, in all circumstances. I believe that the days ahead, your relationship with God is going to increase and magnify many times more than you ever known. Moses stood there on the burning bush and he said, God, if I go and deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt, and they ask me, and I tell them it's the God of Israel, and they ask me, what is your name? What am I going to tell them? And God said, you tell them, I am that I am is sending you. Can I tell you the breaker who has come up before you is a God who can be whoever you need him to be in the moment you need him to be it. He can be your provider. Come on. He'll be your banner and he'll fight for you. He'll be your strength. He'll be your fortress. He'll be your shepherd and lead you and guide you. God is a breaker and he is going to break in pieces anything that is standing in the way and bring his grace and mercy and you're going to turn around and, and the love of God is going to be shown through your life. My last thing here I just want to say is I met one of your pastors over a year ago that is here on staff and I was just talking to him and I said, I said, so what, in a few minutes of talking, I could just tell he was a little different. And I said, well, what is your story? And he said, Pastor Danny, I don't have a story, but God has a really good story. And he began to tell me a life of addiction and he began to tell me a life of in and out of prison. And he began to tell me that he, uh, the, the alcoholism and selling drugs and, and what a mess he was. And I said, well, what happened to bring about such a miraculous change in your life? And he said, well, there, there were some situations that went on in my life, some major life experiences. But one day I was sitting in the prison cell and he said, I got to thinking it was a thought. But it said, he said, the thought was, where am I going to be 20 years from right now in my life? Where am I going to be? What is this life given to me? What is, the, what, what is the meaning of my life? Where is this life moving me to? And I want you to know, that changed his life. The breaker came up to him and came before him in a thought that literally changed his life. And Jeremiah Moran began to talk to me your community outreach pastor. And as he began to think on his ways, he turned his life to God through a process. And you know him well here through a process of time, God saved him, set him free and delivered him. And he remembers. Amen. Where you at Jeremiah? Amen. 
I tell you what, I just somehow I connected with him when he was telling me the story. And we're going to fast forward 20 years. Let's see what God did. Okay, we went from poverty to a life of prosperity. And God is, he gives all praise of, of a credit score that, that's about over 800. God set him free from alcoholism, from drugs, from addiction, from every kind uh, of situation. And hum, he humbled himself. And the real issues in his life were rebellion, disrespect, and dishonor. And when he told God, Lord, we got all these outward things out of the way. And God said, no. He said, he was saying, God, we got all the hard stuff out of the way. And God said, no, we just got that out of the way. Now we're going to work on the hard stuff. And God rooted in him the rebellion out, the disrespect out, the dishonor out. And it was partly because of this church that that took place. And I want to tell you something. He's serving his outreach pastor today because God came up before him, amen, and came over his life and covered his life from one end to the other because God never stops working in somebody's life. Y'all get anything out of this this morning? Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise and a shout of victory. Amen. I just want to tell you that there is a breaker this morning. There is a God who never stops working in your life. He loves you. He cares about you so much. He sees you, you're downsetting, you're uprising. He knows your thoughts are far off. He's beset you in front of you, behind you, to the sides of you. I tell you what, when you think about it, this knowledge is too high for us. We can hardly attain to it. But God has come and has laid his right hand upon you. God has come and surrounded you. And I want to tell somebody in this room, there's not a thought, there's not a situation in your mind that God doesn't know what's going on in your life. And he's got a redemptive plan to bring you up and to bring you out. And no matter what it is, no matter what pain it is, I'm here to tell you, we're not going to look at the way things are or just what we see with the natural. We're going to look at a God who never stops working. The musicians are coming on this last scripture, but it simply says, 1 Corinthians 3, 21. Therefore, let no man glory in men. And I look at this next verse, and I have studied this verse for years and years and years, and I still go, what did that just say? How many of you have ever done that in the Bible? Let no man glory in men. For all things are yours. And I went, wow, what is he meaning? In other words, my life with anything I go through suddenly becomes a platform. It becomes a stage. It becomes a servant. All things are mine. All things. And then he begins to list them. And I'm thinking, well, this is going to cover the entire scope of my life. Doesn't matter what experiences I've had in my life. Doesn't matter what major events have come against my life. It doesn't matter uh, the environment that I might have grown up in my life. All things are mine. And it becomes a platform for God to take our life and turn it around and bring good and glory to his name in it. And so Paul didn't leave anything out of the picture. You can't tell me anything that anybody would go through 
that's left out of this scripture. He said, all things are yours, whether Paul, Apollos, or Cephas. How many of you are thankful for the leadership gifts of pastors and apostles and evangelists? He said, because they were bickering, oh, I like this one, I like that one. He said, don't do that, all things are yours. And then he said, the world, the cosmos, this world order, he goes, it's an arena, it's a stage, it's a platform by which God's going to get glory. You say, Pastor, but isn't this cosmos, this world is where the prince of the, the devil's the prince of the power of the air? Isn't this the place where the enemy goes about as a world? Yeah, all that's true. But how many of you know God can take in this cosmos anything the devil meant for evil? And how many of you are glad he can turn it around and bring good out of it? Dot, dot, dot. Amen. He said, the world. Then he said, life. Now, this is the life, Zoe, the life of God. How many of you are glad you're saved this morning? Because when you're saved, this message is what I'm talking about, all of it. And that's why you want to give your life to God. That's why you want to take your life. You don't ever run from God. You always run to God, no matter what it is. And when you're a Christian, I know sometimes we go through battles, we're tempted to step back, but I'm here, don't ever take a step back because God's got your comeback and he's going to bring you in the life. And then he said, the world, life. And then he said, death, all things are yours. The Paul, Cephas, the world, life, death, even death, God doesn't stop working. How many of you know it's a, it's a servant that ushers us into the very presence of God? Thank God. You know, I, I was listening to Sam and Sam was telling me and we were talking about and he was sharing with me about the legacy that how Sarah's legacy will live on. And God will never stop working with the Sarah J. Ralph Kogel Foundation, the awards to senior vocal winners and to equip future generations to come and the science lab that'll be turned into Studio 33.3. How many of you know God never stops working? All things are yours, life, death, things present, things to come. I just want you to know something. God, in the person of Jesus Christ, has come up before us. Jesus was hanging on a cross and hell was having a party. He bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. They put him in a ground, in a burial ground. But three days later, how many of you know the ground began to shake? How many of you know the resurrection life of God began to enter into the dead body of Jesus Christ? He got up from that grave. Amen. He kicked the end out of that tomb and he said, I am he. Behold, I am he who was dead. Behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And then 40 days later, what happened? The Bible said he ascended far above all power principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named. What was he doing? He was going up before us to represent us before the Father. And he went and sat down at the right hand of the Father. And I want to tell you something. He is our intercessor today. And he's got his hand on you. And he ever lives to make intercession. He never stops working. Come on, give him one more praise in the house. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 
Come on, will you, would you just lift your hands to the Lord if you love Him this morning and just say, God, I...